Attention anyone looking for hand sanitizer. Sanitizing your hands and surfaces is one of the best ways to fight COVID-19. The FDA recently published new guidelines for the production of hand sanitizer during this public health emergency. Most commonly used hand sanitizers are not compliant. Here's the good news. You can now get the hand sanitizer you're looking for that meets FDA guidelines to fight COVID-19. Introducing Halo CV, one of the first hand sanitizers available in the U.S. that's formulated specifically for COVID-19 and meets both FDA and CDC guidelines. Get yours now at halocv.com. That's H-A-L-O-C-V.com. Halo CV can be used on all surfaces, such as countertops, doorknobs, and shopping carts, in addition to your hands. Made in the USA, Halo CV is formulated specifically for COVID-19. Be safe, stay home, and sanitize your hands and surfaces with Halo CV. Go to halocv.com, and we'll rush your order to you today. That's halocv.com, H-A-L-O-C-V.com. Go to halocv.com. This is Late Night Health, a special edition. I'm Mark Allen, and we're going to spend some time with James Purpura. He's an award-winning filmmaker and author and creator of the Powerful You Movement. Um, He spent some time um, incarcerated. Uh, He's uh, been addicted to all sorts of drugs and pharmaceuticals, but he's pulled himself up by the bootstraps, creating wealth, and um, and helping people. Would you say your 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 message, your mantra today is to help people uh, uh, become successful, become wealthy, and uh, and not addicted to um, uh, street drugs, pharmaceuticals? We have a big opiate problem where doctors over prescribed and patients over ask. So I think for me, it's about helping people move their life forward in what every area they want to do that. And so if it becomes about getting off of something, we can do that. If it's about gaining something, we can do that. If it's about you know how they feel about themselves. I mean, everybody has a different definition of success. Um, and I'm not here to help people define what that looks like. I'm here to help people get the information they need to move their lives forward. What is... Why? Why are you doing that? You you you've you've made a lot of money. You can relax. Uh, uh, you can travel. You can do what the what what you want. What is your motivation to help people? You know, it's it's funny you should ask that because my wife and I ask talk about that all the time. So you know, one of the things you know, I was in jail. I was addicted to drugs. I you know, from the time I got out of jail till you know, I made my first million dollars was about nine years. And then the next few years after that, you know, I continued to grow and and I really my wife and I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what are the, the creative elements of life. And we just didn't feel like there was a lot of information out on there. And so we had to go about trying to change and grow by trying to figure it out ourselves. And, you know, we kind of promised ourselves as we started the journey that if we ever made it to the top, that we would share the information that we learned with others. And, you know, what we found is, is that, you know, even though we took the wrong way to get to success, eventually, sometimes when you take the wrong way, you discover the right way. And, you know, I think there are no mistakes. Right. There are no mistakes. I think that people think that, you know, 
what you know what it takes to create your dreams and and those things are a mystery but they're not a mystery and as a part of our journey we discovered those things and like you said when we sold our tech company the last time you know we really had a debate whether or not we wanted to retire and we asked ourselves one simple question and the question was is this the world we want our kids and grandkids to grow up in and if the answer is no you know, I feel like if you have the means, you have the responsibility um, to help improve people's lives and be of service to others. So really what it is, it's first of all, our way to give back. Now, secondly, my wife said, well, you know, you'll probably get tired of playing golf. And I'm still debating that with her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't think I'll ever get tired of that. But, um, you know, the second thing was is that you know, life seems like a, it's a mystery, but it's actually not because there are a couple principles that dictate everything that you do, everything that you are, everything that you have, everything that you create, and everything that you feel, and all the meaning life has to offer. And I think that we think those principles are a mystery, but it turns out they're not a mystery. And those are the principles we teach. The, the um, uh, How does religion enter your life? Are you spiritual, religious, don't believe? Is that part of so, James? Yeah, so, I mean, I grew up in a pretty religious family, and so I don't talk about religion a lot because I think that everybody has a right to their beliefs in that area. Perfect. And whatever you believe, I'm all about you believing that. And whatever I believe, I don't need anybody to um, believe what I believe in order to make it true. But, you know, I would classify myself as more of a spiritual person. I do a lot of meditation and that sort of thing. Um, I'm not really an organized religion guy, um, but I believe that, you know, there's whatever works for you should work for you and it should be for you. Why don't other people believe that? A lot of you know, people don't. I'm, I'm, people knock on, on yeah. my door all the time and saying I'm going to, to, to hell or other places. I mean, you know. Why don't other people just... Well, it's, it's, fun. it's funny, because when somebody says something like that to me, I always, you know, and they start going into, you know, you know, every religion has people who are fanatical about it, and they knock on our doors, and, or they they come talk to us, and, and I always say when they're, they're standing there talking to me, I'm like, who are you trying to convince me or you? Because I, <laughs> I have conviction in what I believe, right? And I don't need you to believe what I believe in order for it to be true. And, you know, that kind of challenges people a bit when I say that to them, but it's like, you know, good for you. If that's, if that's your path, you know, I respect and honor that, but my path is my path. And, um, you know, I, I let it be what it is, but the easiest way to get rid of those people knocking on your door is just tell them you're a science, scientologist and they all run away. <laughs> My wife's like, stop telling everybody we're scientologists. I'm like, they just run away. I don't know. It's like, I'm a Scientologist. And it just went out the door. So, uh, we uh, Before we started our conversation, we made a joke about millennials. And uh, you have some insights into that. First of all, you have you have six kids, right? I have five kids. Five. Don't give me a six. I don't want another one. Oh, you didn't know that you're adopting me. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I do have some insights into millennials. And so I don't know if you know this or not, but 70% of millennials want to be famous. And, you know, I told somebody that statistic the other day and they said, is that all? 
right? <laughs> like, that's, that's pretty funny. And the problem is, is that what I'm finding, especially with the younger generation, and a lot of people these days, is everybody's asking the wrong question. And the question they're asking is, what can you do for me? And that was never the right question. What is the right, the right question? question is, what can is. I do for you? Yes. What, what can I do for you? Because life, success, happiness, fulfillment was only ever about service. It was never about what somebody else can do for you. And so when you're asking the wrong question, you're never going to get the right answer. Because it, it turns out the way out of pain and the way to success is all through service. You know, most successful people in the world know one thing, and it's, it's that they, you know, become successful by, you know, teaching other people how to get what they want, by teaching other people how to be successful, not by, not by riding their backs, if that makes sense. Sure. I, I, I tell a story about a millennial at a, at a, at a drugstore. And I was the only one in the store. It's a, a major chain with three letters. And I was the only one in the store buying something I probably shouldn't. And the young lady ignored me when I got to the register to check out. And I finally cleared my throat. And she was talking to a friend and on her, on her cell phone at work. And I cleared my throat and she said... I have to go now. Somebody wants to check out. As if she wasn't being paid to do just that. She didn't say hi, didn't apologize for not seeing me. There was no engagement. Is this common, do you think, with millennials? Kind of a, a sense of entitlement. Well, it's interesting because what what all the stats say is that millennials don't um, value the same things that the generations before them valued. And so they're not as concerned with money, right? They're not as concerned with the material things. They don't find meaning in the same things that we do. In some ways, that's a great thing because they didn't buy into necessarily the very materialistic view of the world. The bad thing is, is they don't know what they're buying it to, right? And, you know, I think there's 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 entitled people in every generation, right? And that's that's an unfortunate thing. But that you know kind of goes back to that question I was saying. It's like, what can you do for me, right? They're just waiting. You know, they think that that the gifts of the world sit outside of them, and they're waiting for that opportunity for somebody to give them, and and they're failing to dig deeper um, into the experience. Um, you know, I mean. Some of the statistics in the workplace are the millennials are a lot more caring. You know, the money is like fifth down on the list of most important things to them in a work environment. Um, but there is, because of the nature of the internet, there is a level of they expect certain things for free. It's just a given. And it's been given up to them that way. So there's an expectation that gets built around that. You're the creator of Powerful You, the world's first personal evolution company. Um, how do you position yourself against the Tony Robbins of the world, the, the, the Oprahs of the world? How, what, what makes your process unique and different? So it really comes down to one thing, and that's 
we are trying to foster guru-less personal development. You know, the reason the company's not called Powerful You is because it's about you. Um, it's not called James Perper International because it's not about me. And so we're all about the collective, and we're all about the information. So most of the leaders in this industry in the past have said, follow me, I have all the answers, and I can tell you how to get everything that you want and desire. And as soon as somebody says, follow me, I've got all the answers, please run in the other direction. Um, <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's giving people the information they need to move their lives forward on their own. It's like, you know, it's like giving away the secret sauce. And so for us, we really try to focus on the two elements that, that dictate all of your life's experiences, which are perception and emotions. And perception literally is your life, and emotions give your life the only meaning they have, and yet nobody seems to understand those two concepts very well. And that's what we're trying to, to do is empower people, not enable people. One of the precepts of late-night help is to encourage and empower people to take charge of their own health care. Um, would you say that you're helping to empower people to take charge of their own lives? Absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, we take huge responsibility over our health own health care as well. But yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. It's It's... So I've got this narrative and, you know, I want people to understand this. It's like, what if I told you that you've never made a bad decision? What would you say to me? <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> right. But actually, in reality, you're not even capable of making a bad decision. And let me explain. Sure. You've only ever made decisions with bad information. And so that might sound like phonetics to you, but it, here's why it's really important is because we all make decisions the same way, Right. It's we evaluate all the available information and we make the only decision that we can with the information that's available to us. We're always doing the best that we can. And the reason why it's so important to understand that is because it's not a you problem. It's not an individual problem. It's an information problem because people are constantly beating themselves up for all the bad decisions they made. In fact, a bad decision would be making a decision at the time you're making it that you think and no isn't against your best interest. We're just not built that way. We're always making the best decision we can with the information that we have available to us so you can stop beating yourself up. Life comes down to the quality of the information that you access when you make your decisions. And it's no secret, good information leads to good decisions, leads to good outcome. Bad information leads to bad decisions, leads to bad outcomes. Now, what is the source of our information? And that's actually where our perception and emotions come in. You know, and our perception gets all the information to make all of our decisions and how we view our world from our past. And that's why people get stuck in these patterns and loops. So it's not about good decision, bad decision. It's about, it's not about good person, bad person. It's about good information, bad information. We're trying to teach people to upgrade the quality of the information they use to interpret their lives and make the decisions that impact their lives moving forward. Taking a look at your life, uh, you you know, your your addictions, for example, had you not been addicted, had you not gone to jail, you wouldn't be the person you are today. Not a chance. I tell people all the time, I'm like, 
stop looking back into your past and wishing away all the bad things that ever happened to you because when if you did you'd be wishing away all the good things that you currently have in your life you know we we live so much we live in so much regret but the truth is is that you know it's taken everything you've been through to become the person you are today and for me i wouldn't trade that for anything now i'm still moving my life forward there is no sense of perfection inside of me it's all about you know trying to become a better version of myself in every area of my life and you know stop second guessing your past you know there's this epidemic around worry right well why do we worry well actually it has more to do with the past and the future if you're constantly second guessing the past versions of you then you have no choice but to worry about the future versions of you so we have to live in the day in today now live in the now yeah yeah i mean Yes, but, you know, I mean, I've heard Eckhart Tolle say that a hundred times. And, of course. You know, we, we have the same, we have the same uh, uh, book editor, and, you know, we, we laugh about it, but what does it mean to live in the now? And I've never got that statement until recently when I was in a meditation. And I asked myself if I could move outside of expectation. And as I started thinking about what it meant to move outside of expectation, I started thinking, could I even do that? And what I realized is what Eckhart Tolle was talking about the whole time was, is when you try to engage in life without expectations, then you stop trying to force the world into what you think it should be. And you should, you know, and you start living in what is. And so in order to live in the present, you have to be able to let go of your expectation of what the present should be and stop trying to force it into or mold it into what you think it should be and just embrace what what is and that's the only power that you have. We're constantly causing massive delays in our growth because we're always trying to force the world into our ex- the world and other people into our expectations of what we think they should be and it should be. All right, you have five kids. Do you have expectations for them? Well, I mean, you know, I've I've had a lot of um, thoughts about that. And so, you know, let's start with employees. I had to have this because I have a lot of employees. I'm like, well, what's my expectation for my employees? My expectation for my employees is that they always present value in accordance with the money I'm paying them. Right? Right. And if that value proposition is off, then then it's off. And so for my kids, it really comes down to, um, you know, First of all, allowing their path to be their path, um, guiding them towards a life with, you know, of kindness and integrity, and then allowing it to be whatever they want it to be. Now, I don't, I don't have expectations for my kids to go to college. I don't have my expectations for my kids to, you know, do what I want them to do or follow me in my businesses. But I have expectations for my kids to be as good, honest, decent human beings who, who hopefully have enough wherewithal to pursue their dreams. And to be happy. Because that's basically... And to be happy. Right? The, the and that's body. not an expectation. It's a, that's more of a desire. You know, I mean, obviously yeah. you want your kids to be happy. Yeah, absolutely. I, ha- I don't have as many as you, but if I had that many, I don't know if I'd be able to keep their names straight. Um... You sit on the board of uh, an interesting company. I just wanted to touch on that, Vital Neuro. 
and you've got a proprietary neuroscience-based health, digital health platform. Can you talk about that for a few moments? Absolutely. So basically what Vital Neuro is, is it is the one of the most advanced pieces of mobile brain plasticity technology on the planet. Essentially, it's a, it's a neuro, it's a mobile medical grade neurofeedback machine with scientifically designed music to take people to desired brainwave states. And the first protocol we've released on the prototype is for relaxation. And so you put the headset on for 15 minutes and essentially what it does on a very deep level is it shifts your physiology and moves you out of a state of fight or flight into, you know, a state of homeostasis or rest and digest. And you essentially, if you, if you meditate um, about halfway through that session, you'll realize that you've dropped into a level of meditation that you don't get to every day. And if you've never meditated, you will have a very deep meditation and it will blow your mind. Um, you know, we've had people put it on with massive amounts of anxiety and cry afterwards, say things like my brain's never stopped before just now. Often people look flush after sessions. Everybody has an experience with this headset, but it is going to really revolutionize and change the space because, you know, a medical grade neurofeedback machine, um, you know, if you go to a lab, this costs three to, you know, three to five hundred dollars for this type of protocol, a session. Um, and, you know, we're, we're actually putting it out so that you can do it at home. Wow. Well, if you need a beta tester, and I'll send it back, we'll, uh, I volunteer. Uh, you've got, a, you know, books, uh, 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 um, a movie, uh, we, which we even haven't talked about um, uh, uh, that much. Uh, the, 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 the conferences that you have all about helping people in including this new new device so uh, i'm 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 really blown away by what you're doing and if there's anything we can do here for you at late night health let us know what's a uh, uh, if somebody's interested where do they uh, go to find out about you about powerful so you not about james we don't care about james we only want about yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, they would go to powerful-theletteru.com. Um, our movie, which is called Perception Scenes Not Believing, which is winning awards all over the world right now, we're actually screening it for free on our website for the month of February. So you guys have some time to see it if, if you play this before February. Got it. Um, and our book's for sale there. We have an assessment called Perception Sketch. Uh, you know, we have a online content universe all aimed at helping people get the information they need to move their lives forward. Powerful-theletteru.com. Uh, Powerful-u.com. James, will you come back? Absolutely. Just let me know when. All right. Good. I, uh, I've really enjoyed our time together. Look forward to, uh, to meeting you when you're in L.A. again. Excellent. Sure. Okay. Appreciate it. We'll, we'll be out there soon. All right. Good deal. Thank you. Uh, our guest, uh, James uh, Papura uh, from uh, Powerful You. Uh, I'm Mark Allen, and this is Late Night Health.